0: And I'll intro us, and we'll get into it. Okay. Are you ready? Um, welcome to Love Rise. I'm Jenny. I'm a therapist in training in Arizona, and I'm here with my co-host, Dr. Kevin Skinner, who is the director for adult Recovery and also for Bloom. And um, today, I'm excited about what we have to discuss because so often, you know, therapists might be looked at as the expert and... Um, I really love it when we're able to break it down and to, be, to learn from our audience and from the people that we work with, because we wanna know more about what we're missing and what we're doing right and how we can improve. So we got um, we got some cool feedback that we really wanna dig into today. So I'm gonna let uh, the doc take the floor and we'll go from there.
1: Yeah, you know, thank you. I, I can tell you that uh, a few weeks ago, uh, well, not even quite, just a little over a week ago, I received an email from one of our listeners, and I just want to say thanks to this listener. Uh, she gave me um, insight into some language that I was using that was unclear. And, and so I want to be really clear about uh, the content of what was said in a previous uh, um, podcast. We were talking about uh, couples and, and, and really uh, their preparation for doing therapy. And in that podcast, there was some language that I used that I need to clarify. And I would, honestly, I think I, I didn't say it the way I intended to say it. And, and, and so I want to clarify that and be more specific. Um, so, so in particular, uh, I, I was using the word we. Uh, how did we get here as a couple? And, and that language, uh, as the uh, listener points out, that could be interpreted as it's, it's both of our fault. Mm-hmm. Well an affair sexual betrayal um hiding secrets, gaslighting certainly is not going to be the fault of the betrayed and and i and I have to make that as clear as I possibly can
0: yeah it's never ever that's not okay right to
1: yeah, so I want to be clear that 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 we that I was referring to certainly would not, I would not want to put it in that context, but I did use that language. And so I really appreciate this listener for pointing that out. So what I was uh, really uh, trying to look at here is, you know, my own language, right? Because we can do this in our in our work, the work that we do, We can mm-hmm. we can use language that can be heard or misunderstood or inappropriately taken. And that would never be my intent, but clearly, it was something that i said that was inappropriate and wrong at that in that context and i would never want the betrayed spouse to feel like i was blaming them for the gaslighting the secrets the hidden affairs the long history that was maybe never talked about that was something that i would never ever want to blame the betrayed
0: especially father. i think that's especially painful because that's usually the go-to right the first thing is the reason i did this is because you the reason i did that is because you so that you know blame is such a sensitive experience in in the betrayal process
1: yeah so so i've got to, uh, what i'm recognizing is when i use the word we and i'll come back to that what i a little bit more about the we a little bit later on because i think there is value in looking at some of the the principles around that but but not to put any responsibility on the betrayed for what their spouse did I mean, if you're cheating, you're lying, you're minimizing, you're secretly having an affair or whatever, that's never something that you can say, well, you made me. I think that that's um, something that's not appropriate ever in in our relationships to say, you made me have this affair or you made me do this. I just don't think that that's the right way to put it.
0: It's like a big part of recovery is the radical personal responsibility piece, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and actually when, when we stop and we get past that phase now, again, let me be really clear when we get past that phase of I'm now taking ownership.
0: So meaning to say when we are able to be responsible for ourselves and recognize what we do say, need, et cetera. Both
1: part, both partners,
0: partners, mm
1: -hmm. being able to say, I, for example, in my research, I found that a lot of betrayed partners felt that something was wrong, but they didn't know what. Right. So, so then if they did approach their spouse, they were, it was minimized, oh, it was just this or it was just that. Mm-hmm. And it was minimized gaslighting was mm-hmm. taking place. And again, in my research, that shows that it creates more trauma. So if you are the person who is betraying your spouse, your gaslighting is triggering more trauma than almost anything else that we have found.
0: That's so true. I think so often I hear that also, and just even in my own experience too, you know, it's the, it's not, yes, the infidelity, the affair, the betrayal, the porn whatever it is, is painful, but it's the lie, the deception, yeah. manipulation that is so fracturing, uh, hurtful, That's that's the real painful piece.
1: And let me add to that, that is the blame.
0: That's the blame.
1: Right? To, to, to blame right, if you would have if this, mm-hmm. if that, if this, right, mm-hmm. but if you're the betraying spouse when you're in recovery, you stop the blaming right it, it's it's personal accountability right and and when I see people going through the recovery process and helping their spouse heal from the behaviors, yeah. we recognize that no longer are they saying well if this or if you would have done this or that they recognize that even their angry spouse many of those triggers were creating that anger and that anger is really saying i'm hurt and so i want to acknowledge that i could have said that better in in the beginning that concept if it's ever turned around said well we Right, that, that is never how I would want that never to be okay, interpreted, okay. ever. Now, I want to talk about later part of recovery. Let's talk about the we as a coupleship. The patterns, the conflict, the tension, the disconnection. Because there still is this we, what we would call a couple. The betraying spouse, in the beginning, gaslighting, hiding behaviors, when they stop doing that, You find that couples stop, and the term we use is orient, Mm -hmm. right? And we've talked a little bit about orientation or orienting. And we stop and reflect and we say, how did we get here? What happened? Well, I was lying, the betraying spouse would say. I was minimizing. I was hiding my behaviors. I lied to you. So my part of this is that I, I did not let you into my secrets, into my world. Mm-hmm. That was my part. That is my, the we, because we, we still have to look at this coupleship. The betrayed spouse, I didn't know. I thought you were busy at work, and so I just took care of the kids, or I did these things. I didn't know you were doing those things, so I didn't know how to help. I didn't know what the issues were. I didn't even know. I was, blind. I was blind to
0: anything that was going on. Yeah.
1: Right. And so I didn't see it. And even if I did have those I I instincts,
0: mm-hmm.
1: even if I did have those instincts that somebody off, when I brought it up, you, you lied to me. So, so this is it. You didn't turn to me in the middle of those actions. And that hurt the we, the us, there's a wonderful audio um, series uh, by Dan Siegel called The Neurobiology of We. Mm. And he talks about this, these, these mirror neurons. Yeah. And when you talk with the betrayed spouse, many of them have whatever you want to call it, women's intuition, sixth I- instinct, whatever it is, there's a sense that something's off. A gut, and you can trust your gut, yeah? A gut inclination. Mm -hmm. Uh, did I not deal with my gut? Did I ignore that feeling? Because I was scared. Was I afraid to bring it up? Or when I did bring it up, I was pushed down. Mm -hmm. See, all of that can trigger the betrayal, because I tried to and you minimize it, you gaslit me. Mm -hmm. So in that part of couple repair, couples actually break down that part of it. And they take away the gaslighting, the lies, the deception, the, the owning it. And the betrayed spouse, while they did not know, they weren't aware. It's really important for it to understand now what did that do to them in the relationship? Did they pull back? Did they pull away? Of course they did. Did they get angry? Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think all those things happen, right? We pull away, we get angry. We, um, you know, maybe we desperately seek for connection. And then when we don't get it, we, you know, feel defeated. We feel shame. I think a lot of people too, when they've discovered a betrayal, they're, they're like, I knew it. I knew something was wrong. I didn't trust myself. And so there's a, there's an internal even break against trusting yourself. And so a lot of rebuilding in that self-trust area. I think so.
1: Yeah. So in the latter part of this recovery, if we're working on this coupleship, then it, the betrayer owns their stuff. The betrayed says, I did pull away because I couldn't detect. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And so I, naturally, I, I pulled away because something had changed. And I didn't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. So at that point, when I talk about the we, I'm talking about both parties being able to say, I felt this way, so I pulled away. Mm-hmm. That mature conversation would mean that the betrayer owns the gaslighting, owns that part of it. And the betrayed acknowledges, you know what? I didn't know. Mm-hmm.
0: And, I and, and was if, left. Yeah, I was left in no man's land. And what else was I supposed to do? I, I had no other option. And, to pull
1: away. and then, was, and then once I did find out, I went into safety and protection.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And my safety and protection came across as anger, or I withdrew, or both,
0: or I desperately tried to connect.
1: Or just look for your attention, yeah. but perhaps that was not even the best response for me mm-hmm. right and now I can look back at this, and again, this is the latter part of recovery. Now I can look inside and say i don 't like it when I 'm angry, but I can 't deal with those behaviors and i haven't i didn 't know how to, but now i 've got more effective boundaries in place, and those boundaries are designed to protect me so This does not happen again. And so the way that I originally did it was protective of with anger. I'm not, I don't have to be angry, but I do have boundaries. And that's where I see couples really make the most progress is that the betrayed recognizes, I don't, I'm not an angry person and I'm not going to live with that anger, but I am going to have effective boundaries because I don't want to live in that kind of a marriage.
0: Yeah, there can be anger or something else to replace that with. I'm thinking it's like the shutdown, just the, the total numbness, the feelings of unworthiness, um, you know, self-loathing, hating yourself, thinking you're not good enough. I mean, there's so many things to replace that anger with, but, you know, whatever it is that you're feeling, yeah, kind of acknowledging that's how I felt because I was in the middle of the desert with nothing.
1: So, so when couples work through the healing process, we've talked in the past about doing a disclosure, right? Mm-hmm. The betraying spouse does a disclosure, sexual history, timeline, and all that does a sex, does that part of it. Then the betrayed spouse does really what I think is important, an impact letter. This is how those behaviors impacted or influenced me. Yeah. And, 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 and that's an important part of letting the betrayed spouse know these behaviors influenced me this way.
0: Yeah, that's something I really wanted to talk about on here, and maybe we'll have to talk about that next time and get into what that impact letter looks and feels like and what the you know outcomes are. But yeah, this is I see exactly what you're talking about. This is the part where I say how I felt, I say what this experience did for me, I say how I responded.
1: Yeah, and and so so again, working on the couple repair. This Which is this, yeah. You, you can see the sequences or the segments and 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 perhaps as i was talking in the previous podcast when i said the we i i i should have been clear in the beginning obviously we've got to have the betraying spouse acknowledge it, own stop gaslighting all of those hidden things those need to stop and right. they need to be acknowledged
0: yeah there needs and, to be a ton of work before we get to this possibility of you know that we work
1: yeah, and, and then comes the, this latter part of now that the impact letter, so we've done the disclosure, we've done the impact letter. Even then, the betraying spouse would do what we call an emotional restitution letter, which, which is designed to talk about how they lied, how they gaslit, how they did those things. And if couples are working through that process, then we get to the point where I believe we're really starting more couple repair work. And, and that's really more insight into how did this happen? And when I say, how did we get here? That is two people understanding the betraying spouse, the we. I'm the one who lied if I was the betrayer. And we got here because you didn't tell me the truth. And I didn't know. And you didn't turn to me. And so I, 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 that's what I'm referring to. And hopefully I can, it's more clear now because I never would want the betrayed to feel blamed. And I would want the betrayer to take ownership because that's where I see the best couples healing. And and if you, if you feel like you're blaming your spouse, you're not going to get anywhere.
0: Right. Yeah. There's a definite acknowledgement that the playing field is uneven when someone has been lying and deceitful and manipulative to you. You know, it's, you, if you don't know, you don't know, and if you're being gaslit and manipulated, it's never your fault, never.
1: And there is one other part to this I would want to add: um, when a person who's acted out, when they start recognizing how they minimized, how they lied, how they gaslit, mm-hmm. um, the the process of acknowledging that is crucial for the healing process. Absolutely
0: there's nothing i think that those are really powerful moments where a betrayer can acknowledge how and what they've done to manipulate the situation and then can we sustain that Mm -hmm. can sustain that acknowledgement and that awareness can we stand in that and stay there and move forward in that and that's really powerful
1: yeah yeah
0: even and i would i would just say even for um you know people don't always stay together right But, um, Mm. you know, there's, there is some, I don't know if it's acknowledgement or what, but just the acknowledgement that what each other's part was in the breakup, you know?
1: And, and sometimes the betraying spouse doesn't know that. Totally. Yeah. I I, I didn't know, but what I do know is that what occurred, I can't live with. Exactly. And I have to go. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, And so, so, so at the end of the day, if couples are working on it, even in the books you read about couples healing and couples repair, it's always interesting to see the latter part of the coupleship healing is they both are able to acknowledge during this phase, I wasn't available. I pushed away. I, I instinctively felt that something was off. And so I did. I distanced myself because you weren't available. And so, so it's, it's this understanding of, as Dan Siegel talks about these mirror neurons, we read each other. I mean, you know, when your spouse is upset, you know, when your spouse isn't connecting to you, or that's one of the more deceptive parts when you think you're connecting and they're still deceiving you even more traumatizing because I thought we were doing well. And that trip, I thought it was great. And what I come to find out you were lying to me that whole trip, that's where the deception and that's where the pain is most poignant. Yeah, that's a brutal situation.
0: That That is a brutal situation where you felt the connection, you felt um, cared for, taken care of, et cetera, and then realized you were being lied to in the worst way.
1: And that's been one of the harder ones as a professional to help couples repair work through. It is. Be, because I what I th- thought was occurring wasn't in your mind. And mm-hmm. so I experienced it. I, I thought it was this. And how did I miss it? And that's the part of, of real repair that has to occur where the betrayed spouse is is really been so deceived. And and that's where the betraying spouse has to simply work their tails off.
0: If they're gonna keep it.
1: If they're if they're going to work to repair because because the betrayed spouse doesn't know how to detect good anymore because good was ruined by the betrayal.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I mean, after something like that, I don't think anyone owes anyone anything. You know, you don't owe a person a marriage after that kind of deception that's so deep like that. And, and so, kind of recognizing, like, like we were kind of touching on earlier, I think that recognizing, like, okay, I hear this stuff, I see this stuff, I'm having clarity about my partner who's been deceiving me. Am I, what am I choosing? Am I going to choose to stay, go, how? And that's so, such a complicated question and such a difficult um, decision, I think it often feels really, I don't know, it's just really complicated to make that decision yourself.
1: And I think it's very much a personal Mm case-by-case decision, because some people I've found that have chosen to stay and other people have chosen not to. Mm -hmm. And and, and so I, I sit back and respect whatever they feel like they can do. Right, right.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. You got to, and that's, I think, one of the things we touched on earlier is that self-trust is kind of waking up the inside of you again so that you can know. And I do find that when people decide to stay, they are like, okay, I'm going to stay. And when people decide to go, they're ready. They're like, okay, yeah, I'm ready. And they know it. And, and there's nothing that, um, you know, there's nothing more powerful than really knowing it yourself inside.
1: Because nobody
0: yeah. can Nobody can tell it, you what the answer
1: is. Or maybe you said another way, maybe they shouldn't tell you.
0: They shouldn't uh, tell you. Maybe people do tell you, right?
1: Well, because because I think it. Nobody has to live with those consequences as much as the person who's making that decision.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And 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 so I sit back and respect those decisions. Based upon what they feel and those personal answers, because I don't think it's right for us to unduly influence people's decisions whether they stay or go. I think that's a personal decision, and it comes with a lot of personal thought. And in religious situations, maybe even some personal prayer.
0: hmm That certainly does. Yeah. It reminds me of um, this little quote I got here. Let me look at it. I said, "We really have no business trying to make anyone do anything."
1: Hmm. There you go. Yeah
0: respect your space
1: mm-hmm. anyway so i appreciate you letting me take this time and i, I really appreciate this person who who wrote in and uh, I, I i my personal apology for for language that would have made you feel or triggered you in any way i i just want to acknowledge my mistake and uh hopefully in trying to clarify what I, what i was trying to get at hopefully it's a little bit more clear um and so please uh um, recognize that I would never want to say that, that when I refer to the we, that we would be blaming the partner. That would never be my intent, especially based upon my research of how much gaslighting goes on. Um, I, I am clearly aware. And uh, so when I say things like that, thank you. And to our listeners, if you re- see that I've stepped in it again, please let us know. I, I, I recognize that there's times where I'm going to make mistakes and uh, say things not with clarity, like I would like to.
0: Yeah, I appreciate that. Cause I really just think we need, um, we need, you know, I mean, how better to say this, I guess, but the people who are experiencing this really can tell us so much, what we're missing, what we're, what we need, what they need, how we can best support because really they are the experts of themselves. And so we, of course, always say things you never know you, you can always step in it at any moment. And it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's happened. So I'm thankful for your humility in talking about that today and um, just a good lesson for, I think, all of us therapists to learn. Mm.
1: Well, thank you for giving me the forum or the opportunity to, to share this and um, I appreciate our audience for for giving yeah. us feedback.
0: Yeah, so keep it up. Uh, what's that email again? I always forget.
1: Uh, something about Hello Bloom. <laughs> hello at bloomforwomen.com.
0: I there you go. I got it. I hello bloom at bloomforwomen.com. So bring it on. Let us know what you think, what you want, what you need, what you don't like.
1: We're okay. Yes, thank you very much. All right. Have a good one, everybody.